In 2020, four friends decided to listen to every one of the greatest 500 albums as decided by Rolling Stone magazine. This resulted in a text chain that celebrated the music, excoriated the order, and led us to making this podcast. We are far from experts, and we promise to do almost no research. All opinions are our own unless you disagree. Please sit back and enjoy. Beck did it better. This is Rubber Soul. Hey, Paul, good to see you. Hey! Hey, John, good to be here. Norwegian, would you pass me that joint? Wait a minute. (laughs) When you want to hear about the greatest albums of all time, but you're just too lazy to look it up online. If you want to hear four guys who chat and then they get off track, I've got the perfect podcast for you, Jack. Beck did it better. All right. What is up? What is up? What is up? This is Beck did it better. This is a podcast where we listen to the top albums of all time and we all say, man, that's pretty good. Uh, you know what else is pretty good? My co-hosts uh, sitting in North Dakota Beatles. today. Those guys are going to make some money. Yeah, those guys. Hey, <laughs> hey, you, hey you sign those guys, guys to a record deal. Yeah, I've been listening to a lot of Beatles and I think they're going to they're going to blow up uh, up in North Dakota. I've got Matt. Matt, how are you doing? Good, good. Spending as much time as I can on the lake, just kneeboarding, tubing, jumping in the water, having a good time, enjoying summer. Perfect. I've got Russ in northern Minnesota. Russ, how are you? Rob, in 2019, I misunderstood, but now it's 2020. I've got it, and the word is good. Yes. All right. So whatever culture you're in, I'll join. I'm into that. That sounds good to me. I got Aaron out in Oaktown, out in the Bay Area. Aaron, how are you doing? I'm uh, I'm okay. It's uh, rain. The sky is on fire. It's raining ash here in Oakland, but I figure it can't be any worse than smoking a pack of Camel's Crush with Rob in Las Vegas. So I'm here, ready to do this. <laughs> that must have been somebody else. There's no way that was me. Uh, His wife listens to this. You got it. You're calling him out. Yep. If my parents ever knew how to download a podcast, I'd be in huge trouble. They have no idea what a podcast is. Uh, I will say I was on Twitter and I, I sent out a poll for everybody. I said, which, uh, be, you know, which one of us, there's four of us and there's four Beatles, obviously the, the fab four. And I said, which one of us makes which Beatles? And I got like 20 replies and every one of them said, just said four Ringos. So I thought that was hurtful <laughs> that the people who take the time to follow us uh, would just say that. I, I didn't think that was very good. Or they get it. Or <laughs> they all get it. <laughs> oh no. I'm still uh, hoping and- to be the Billy Preston. That's all I want. I again, I don't know who Billy Preston is. <laughs> Brown in circles? He come on. How have we talked about the Beatles three times and I don't know like all these sixth Beatles or whatever? I don't get it. Like um this this is a podcast about making good albums or kind of talking about the list of albums. And so far I think what we've learned about making good albums is that number one, you need to hate all the music you've been making beforehand. And number two, you need to be on drugs, right? So we had the drugs. Beatles with Sgt. Pepper, LSD. Beach Boys, uh, LSD again. And then we had uh, Revolver, which was uh, some LSD and some weed. And then we had uh, Bob Dylan, who switched it up and he took speed. And I thought that was pretty impressive that we got a little change up there. And now we're back to the Beatles with their self-proclaimed pot album. So I was thinking, guys, what substance do we need to take if we want to make this podcast? Because we've got the first part down. I hate almost everything we've already done. What is it? What could we do? What substance could we take to make this a number one podcast? Probably of all time. I think the first thing we need to do is start combining our own self-loathing with psychedelics. Like we may, like I have self-loathing to the 10th power, but I don't think I've participated in enough psychedelic drugs 
you kind of offset the negativity of the two and and right. take it off into the stratosphere. So I think it's it's combining our self-loathing for ourselves and what we're doing and what we're doing to our listeners. But we've got to add those psychedelic yeah. drugs into it. You know, right now, you just don't like yourself in three dimensions. Like, what if that was eight dimensions? You know what I mean? Let's like, moving, you could yeah, see. keep it moving. You could think about yourself in the future and be like, oh, I don't like that either. Uh, Matt, what do you think? What substance should we be taking to make this a better podcast? I mean, I'd probably just start taking more shots. I mean, there's, I think we're coming up on a couple of the alcoholic al- induced albums coming up here. But I think for me personally, probably just some more shots would help. Yeah, I, I think, uh, and Aaron held up a sign that said vaccines kill. So and, and yeah, now he has a shirt on that says the same thing. So Aaron, that's not the kind of shots we're talking about. Oh my God. Uh, I didn't know that you were going to use this as a platform for your pretty extreme views, but... I'm going to have to get off alcohol because right before recording, I spilled a beer on my desk and now it's infested with flies. So maybe we should try mushrooms. Let's try mushrooms. That seems like flies are not going to go after the it's, mushrooms. It's true. It doesn't. We haven't had a big band yet with, that has done mushrooms. I yeah. personally have been trying to get bitten by a radioactive podcast host. Uh, <laughs> and that has not gone great. Um, so that that's my plan. Uh, so uh, rolling, no, going. No, Knowing my, luck, knowing my luck in life, though, I feel like I would just eat the wrong kind of mushrooms and keep eating them instead yeah. of having this amazing high where I see skies or diamonds in the sky. I would just put on a bunch of more weight and it would end up really bad. The self-loathing would continue yeah. and there would be no brilliance as any part of it. We'd be, we'd be together getting ready for a podcast. And we'd be like, why does this smell like truffle oil? <laughs> <laughs> All I know yeah. is anybody yeah, who takes mushrooms. mushrooms has great stories. And so if anybody says, oh, I tried mushroom once, ask them their story. They've got great stories. Uh, that's a good, good, good call. I've never, I've, I've never been brave enough to try it. Uh, before we go any farther, we need to discuss something very quickly. And this is probably the most jarring thing to ever happen to this podcast. So this is a call that happened to the Beck line. Uh, and the Beck line, as it was pointed out to me the other day, is a couple weeks behind because it takes me forever to edit these things. So it's a couple weeks behind. But we actually had somebody call and they wanted to give us a little update. So let's listen to the Beck line. Let's hear it. All right, this is Andy calling with the Little Rosie recap. So in this episode, let's go I'll start from the top here. The Aaron anecdote of the episode. He mentioned that he went through a linen phase back in the day. He went through a huge linen phase. He even wore uh, some of those little purple, tiny, hippie sunglasses. That oh, no. Wear, ah. uh, proving once again that oh, Aaron no. was looking enough in high school to get away with shit like that. Uh, All right, so, <laughs> so I have to admit this is exactly what I thought the Beckline could be and should be is calling in and making fun of other hosts and not me. And I think that's very good. So Aaron, you, you said earlier that you had gone through a phase where you were into the Beatles so much so that you wanted to imagine to be the school's theme for the dance. It's true for the homecoming dance. Yeah. I did not divulge that I bought a pair of uh, small uh, lensed purple. uh, Go ahead, Rob. Well, so let me picture this. You're sitting in front of the student council, dressed as John Lennon, okay? And I'm assuming Pretty you got close. the purple glasses and probably yep. like a, some sort of long dangly earring or something. I don't know why I pictured that, but I think it's true. <laughs> and you're saying, hey, you, we should make the dance Imagine. And they're like, oh, what are you talking about? And you're like, oh, it's the most beautiful song. Here, listen to this. You know that awkward thing where you make somebody else listen to a song that you love? And, and they just sit there and look at you and you're right like. Right in their eyes and you're just waiting to see if the, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, uh-oh, this is not good. Russ? 
Aaron, when you when you bought these John Lennon sunglasses at Spencer Gifts, did you also combine it with with stink bombs and and a bandana and a Guns and Roses shirt yeah. and a whoopee Half cushion naked or what? Chick. What else did you get at Spencer Gifts I, when you picked up those so sunglasses? I, I bought them at the. Uh, I grew up in a small town in Iowa. It's not small anymore, but I bought them at the um, what a Ragstock. I took a trip to Minneapolis oh to the God, big city. Legit. Went to Ragstock and bought myself a pair of what I thought were very John Lennon-inspired purple sunglasses. And that's what I rocked for my senior year of high school in the student council meeting when I was trying to convince them to play Imagine. Oh, my God. Am I off the podcast already? Is it thrown out? No. We need pictures. You're promoted. (laughs) We do need pictures. This is our... Little Rosie. Why do they call him Little Rosie? That's what I'm wondering. He's not, he's he's the not younger. One. Why do they he's, call him Little? I don't he's know. the younger one. He's the younger <laughs> oh, okay. one. That's my baby brother. Put me out. <laughs> put my business all out in the streets. Well, I'm going to throw the rest of that email on at the end of this album because he or the rest of this uh, at the end of this podcast episode because he compliments all of us after making fun of him, which is just what I'm talking about. It's just exactly what I need. He's a genius. He knows this stuff. He's he knows it better than I do. So if anybody wants to know what what's the back line for, that's what it's for. Exactly. Have you been right. into a Spencer's gift lately, by the way? I've not been into anywhere lately. I think every mall within a million miles of anyone has been <laughs> shut down or gone into foreclosure <laughs> bankruptcy within the last few weeks. So, no, I have not. I went into a Spencer gift with my dad. I don't know. I can't remember why. I think we were looking for, oh, I know why. We are looking for a light bulb for mirror balls. My dad loves mirror balls. He has, like, a mirror ball <laughs> up all the time what? with the light shining out. He loves it. It's the weirdest thing. But he's like, looking you, for a you, light. You should definitely not ask your mom about that. Like, you should yeah. not. <laughs> no. Okay. Delete. Delete. Delete that from my brain. <laughs> all right. So, my point was, is that he would go in there. And, you know, Spencer used to be kind of like a place where you could buy, like, a Nirvana shirt or whatever. You'd get, like, kind of the alt music stuff. And now you go in there and it has a cup, like, I have a big bush. And you're like, wait. It's, like, all super inappropriate <laughs> stuff, like, right in my face. I'm in there with my dad. And I'm like, oh. You know, it's a poster that's like, check out my nips. It's it's amazing. <laughs> you have to give Spencer Gifts like so much credit because it has spanned generations of your parents thinking what you were seeing there. I can't believe Rob's buying that whoopee cushion at Spencer Gifts. <laughs> and now you're there and you're like, I can't believe my daughter is buying this T-shirt about the big bush. Like, it, no, <laughs> <laughs> the, the time changes, but the shit at Spencer Gifts, it stays the same. It stays the yep. same. It's evergreen. It's kind of like the Beatles, right? Like every generation finds something to love about Spencer Gift. Oh, the bush, the bush comes back around. <laughs> oh my God, that can't be the running joke. That cannot be the running <laughs> joke of this episode. Yeah, we got we to gotta find a new one. That's not the it one. Be. Cross it off. In 2020. Uh, <laughs> God the uh so rolling going how's it rolling going man how's it rolling going how are you doing and by the way good. what a great title of a segment got a yeah. lot of t- uh twitter things about that is too. it going Tweets. or is it going i have or? it spelled g-o-o-n-e like goonie without the eye goonie without the eye. it's going good uh you know i think the my, my tv watching has dropped off but i've i've picked up um what's the show on hbo about the football guys sorry last chance you no Ballers? Uh, uh, any, unnecessary training cramp. Training given camp. Sunday. Oh. The longest yard. The replacements. Fuck. Oh, hard knocks. I, I okay. Like the, I like the replacements. You're talking about hard knocks. Hard knocks. Oh, hard knocks. Okay. Okay. So I've been watching a lot of hard knocks, and I just think 
it's just it's it's pathetic that you've got these grown adults who are making millions of dollars and you've got thousands of coaches on the field and their only job is to just stroke them every day. Oh, great play. Oh, so good. And nobody tells them that they do anything wrong. And it's just it's hard to watch if you ask me. I don't I'm, know. But I'm way behind. I still this. watch is, it. All the time. Is the NFL having You're doing a, a great job, man? Year? Keep it up. Yeah. Is is the NFL? <laughs> oh man, that's a great take. Oh, that's the best nice one job. I've heard. Is the NFL having a season this year? I'm confused. Is they don't have a bubble, right? No, but they don't care. I, they I, got they got big time. I mean, if you watch Hard Knock, so I mean, they're testing everybody every day. They've got protocols in place if people get tested and uh, get a positive test, and so they're trying. They're, they, they're, they're cutting they from ninety to, down to eighty. They're yeah, gonna, with they no gonna play fans in empty stadia. I don't know, Russell. What is, is that? The plural of stadium? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think it's funny. Everyone's been clamoring for sports to come back, and then when it did, nobody—I don't know anyone who pays any attention at all. Like, I think I think we're officially past it. But Matt, you're—you used to be a coach, and it's interesting to me that you're—you're you're kind of annoyed with all these coaches stroking these guys' egos. But isn't the best part of hard knocks? There's the one guy who his only job is to come and grab guys when they're going to get cut. He's called the Turk or something like that. And he literally, <laughs> his only job is to come out and grab a person and say, hey, it's time for Coach Belichick to see you now. And then they play the dun-dun-dun music. And I feel like he just walks through that lobby of the training facility with some terrible John Lennon song playing behind him. Oh. And people know <laughs> that it's time for their careers to be ruined. So do you not like that part, Matt? No, oh, I do. I mean, it's kind of the human part of it where a guy, you know, he's he's – done with college he's put all of his time in, into a sport and this might be the end for him right and finally finally i don't know if i've watched it for five six seven years it's been on for a lot longer than that but finally some this uh, tight end gets cut this year and he comes in there and says this is fucking bullshit you know finally somebody gets pissed because <laughs> even these guys they're like they get cut from their from their team right and they're like oh yeah coach you know thanks for the opportunity and you know like i don't i can't believe more of them aren't just like this is bullshit i'm way better than that guy so yeah go uh, I, go ahead russell i have to say as a terrible athlete as a youth like <laughs> i played i played intramural sports and i played stuff with my friends in college but i was never very good at anything but i enjoyed playing but to see good athletes have to finally get their comeuppance and get the moment that I had to experience over and over and over again in middle school or in high school when I got cut from every team. I love it. I, I could, I love seeing people fail when they, I had to go through this numerous times. Now it's time for this guy when he made it to the highest level. Oh, poor him. He doesn't going to make millions of dollars. Russell's favorite scene in Kerry is where the blood got dropped on the prom queen. He was like, yes, <laughs> finally. I want to say about Russell, though. Russell was ahead of his time because Russell, as a basketball player, learned very early on that three is more than two. And Russell would bomb. Russell was a volume <laughs> shooter. Because when he, he had just it didn't going, go in the paint, he shit, never landed man, when the he paint. had it going, he had it going like Russell was. Out, I was out there trying to grind and trying to like take mid range floaters and like looking like a fool. And Russell was taking threes in those intramural games. He was ahead of his time. And meanwhile, where was I? The library. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron, that is the, the most polite way that anyone has ever called me lazy before. And I thank you for it. <laughs> oh, the only thing I'll wrap it up here is that, you know, you, the guys who are just cocky as all hell and who think it's owed to them and all that, you love seeing those guys get cut. And not like in a malicious way. I mean, that guy's got to find a job. He's got family. But, like, you know, that's where they get to come up. It's But there are guys out there who absolutely bust their ass. And they just, they've reached their, their plateau, right? They're just not 
as good as the next guy and, and they know it, but they're still working hard and trying. And so, you know, I, I hate to see those guys get cut. It's the nature of the business. Obviously that's a cliche, but um, you know, I, I don't mind watching the cocky SOBs who, who run around there doing, thinking they're, you know, they're God's gift, but yeah. So I don't know that that's, that's the, I don't mind watching those guys get their comeuppance as you call it, Russell. I can't wait until we're famous enough to just be dicks to people. Oh my God. I've been preparing my whole life for this. It's going to be just fantastic. Aaron, rolling, going. How's it going? Yeah, it's going stressful in Oakland, California. There's, I don't know if you're paying attention to the news. There are fires everywhere. Uh, don't worry, the NFL all, is going to start soon, Aaron. You're going to be fine. Don't worry. California is on fire. So we're just uh, keeping an eye on where the nearest fires are and uh, trying to decide if we should evacuate or not. But uh, oh I God. did. Stay I safe. did. Thank you. Yep. I did take a moment last night to uh, check in on some sports because Oakland's own Dame Lillard uh, went dumb against the Lakers. And I was also dancing to too short on the, on the court. So he is a legend. And uh, when I'm not uh, listening to <laughs> songs for this, uh, I don't understand what, what's funny <laughs> when I'm not Keep listening going. to songs. Keep going. This quest, I am listening to Funkadelic. That's what I'm into right now. And my, my favorite Funkadelic track right now is called Soulmate. I learned about this from one of Questlove's sets. Uh, it is off the album Hardcore Jollies, which is not available on any streaming service in the United States. So I am spending a bit of time on Discogs.com trying to find I, the best vinyl. You got to go to the dark web to find I, get your jollies you or something. Don't you? What is it called? It's Hardcore Jollies, but the track Hardcore is called Soulmate. It's a great track. It's only two minutes and forty five seconds long. Do yourself a favor, peep it out on YouTube. I think Spencer Gifts has a uh, top 500 album list and Hardcore Jollies is number two <laughs> right after Herb Albert and Whipped Cream and other creamy delights. <laughs> I can't believe a guy that would drive hours to go buy purple John Lennon sunglasses is also telling us to listen to an album that the only place you can find it is on YouTube. Uh-huh. That was Aaron's left field take of the week. What the hell is he talking about? <laughs> oh, yeah. I use that much faster than I normally do, and I can't do it again because it's your left field take sorry to make week. you go. I'm sorry to make you pull the trigger so quick, but that's my life right now. Damian Lillard fires. Yeah. Too short. He got too short in there, too. He got yeah. too short. Yeah. Dancing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right Dang, when so I Rosie, said, right when Rosie I said pulled. stay safe, he was talking about a YouTube album that we can listen to. I was like, wow, this whiplash. Rosie, do you like pack everything up and like get ready to evacuate? I mean, do you guys have like crates where you just uh, kind of have like a some stuff, or is it not that dire? Uh, we had that discussion tonight because there was a, there was one fire in Oakland that we were like, okay, maybe it's time to get serious. But uh, we have a emergency bag packed anyway because of earthquakes. Uh, okay. So um, go bag. Yeah, we got a go bag packed for earthquakes, and then we thought we should throw some clothes in as well. And then we thought, oh, we don't have any water, but it turns out uh, we have some fancy sparkling water, uh, some of which has CBD in it. So we'll see which the which of the water we give to the kid <laughs> when we get on the road. <laughs> but uh, so you can't so turn got. on a faucet or anything. Yeah, you can't. Aaron's like, it. Aaron's like, the fire's coming. It's so close. Quick, <laughs> get get in the car and drive. I'm gonna drink this CBD water. It's in the back. Grab my gummies. Let's go. Rob and Matt, if you guys had to prepare the emergency bag to get away from a fire or get away from your kids for a few nights, what one thing other than clothes or essentials would you put in that emergency bag? You know, I still have a uh, filled up subway stamp card with those subway stamps. (laughs) Do they still take those? Because I think that would be good if I'm on the road and I need a meatball sub. That's gold right there. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Matt's holding up his subway koozie that he has. Extra Mm farm. 
So did Matt, Subway you... give you that koozie? Is Subway giving away bottle koozies? No, we probably we probably have we a new sponsor it. up in uh, North Dakota. Sarah's my wife Sarah's cousins own a, a few Subways up here, and so oh one thing I've learned one thing if you ever come into North Dakota, make sure you're well stocked in koozies. Because if you're not and you're holding a beer, you'll have about 13 people that are offering you koozies and like you're crazy to not have one. Yeah. So, so Aaron, that's what it's like living in North Dakota versus living in Oakland. Aaron's <laughs> back in the bag to get rid of fires. And Matt's like, Matt, oh my God, everybody's offering me koozies for this beer. Koozies. <laughs> I need some Matt, emergency thanks koozies. for that advice. I'm going to go get rid of all those psychedelic mushrooms I thought I picked this morning and load up my bag with koozies. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Matt, what are you putting in your go bag? I, man, I don't know. I mean, I just. Probably oh. a couple Pearl Jam albums and wait, Matt. And, uh, Matt, can I say something? Can I say yeah. something to edit in earlier? Yep. My wife and kids. All right, thank you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're supposed to be getting away from. No, I. I mean, the only reason I ask, Rosie, is that you know we came out. We're, we're up in North Dakota for like ten days, but it took. 17 hours to make a list and pack for the kids and you know yeah. get make sure that we have every stuffed oh. animal and every bedtime book and, and then like you get up there and they cripes. have like one side and i and i honestly thought about it like hey if we had to get out of here sometime like we would be screwed just i mean how would we get out of here in like <laughs> oh, an hour you know make so. no mistake my son will be angry as shit if we leave the house with most of what he really needs in his life but you know we're just gonna have to make that choice like there was no time to sit around and think about which of his books or toys or games he needed you know heaven forbid Aaron's three-year-old son is angry about the the superficial items he cannot bring while escaping (laughs) the fire (laughs) he's that cardi b album dad Aaron's been training him to play mostly with fireproof items so yeah look at this concrete block i have i just love it um (laughs) I've realized that every time I tell a joke and it bombs, I always go, uh, afterwards. So I know when it's going really well. All right. Because I think I look for you guys to laugh and I don't see anybody. They go, yeah, there should be noise here. I'm going to fill it with this noise. Uh, rolling going. Uh, I'll tell you how it's rolling going. I have been trying to promote this podcast on Twitter. It is, I, it, it, I can only imagine what online dating Russ feels like. And I think it feels like promoting a podcast because I searched, I followed Beck and then I was done with that. And then I searched for, Podcast recommendations for anyone that posted the words podcast recommendations and I would slip in and write Beck did it better. But it turns out that 1000 other podcasts have done that. And I was like, <laughs> what a bunch of pathetic losers. Wait, wait, wait. You know what I so mean? Like trolling the Internet, trying to promote their podcast. This sucks. So you're essentially calling me a loser because I'm now trolling every app on the Internet, trying to find a woman that is willing to, to, to not like spend the rest of her life with me. Just maybe have an outdoor dinner with me yeah. or have a drink with me at a picnic table. Somewhere. I was wondering which one of our podcast reviews says, I like long walks on the beach and I'm sensitive. <laughs> Signed, Russ. I realized that was you now trying to meet people. The, the sad part the sad part of my dating life right now is that I got a, I just got a message a second ago that said, Jenny likes you. And I thought for a second, maybe somehow this is Jenny, Rob's wife, saying she likes me on the podcast. And I was really excited to say, hey, Russ, you're so funny on the podcast. And I looked at it. It was just some other lady that I know will, it will never lead to anything on some online dating app. So it was, it was such a bummer. Russ, I can't <laughs> tell you if I got a message on my phone that said some random woman likes me. I would, that would be the biggest thing of that whole day. I would never <laughs> stop talking about it. I would be talking about it constantly. And you're just like, oh, man, another notification. Some girl likes me. Rob, if you saw the lady who liked me tonight. You would have you would you would have devoured every single psychedelic mushroom that was in Duluth or was in New York. 
Russ, what percent of online dating is picking the right pictures? Like, is that like, is that like 100% of it? 99.9% of it? 99.99% of it? I think it is 100% of it. And it, it, that's probably a very good comment. If you're a guy like Aaron, who was the good looking kid in high school, who was able to lobby you student yeah. council for things. But some of us weren't blessed <laughs> with those abilities. Hey, look at, looking for nothing serious. He's got his glasses on. Looking for peace and love. Nothing serious. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> the the quote-unquote best-looking pictures of a guy like me, no matter how many different colors of sunglasses I put on, there's really never that, that Mona Lisa of the picture of Russ, right? Like, that picture just doesn't exist. So if I could get those six pictures, my life would be golden because I, I could I – could, Meet someone and do the whole double switch and convince her, oh, no, I haven't gained a bunch of weight since you saw me on those pictures. But yeah. it, it, I think the pictures do matter a lot, and, and, I, and I just may be incapable of getting those pictures at this point. I, I, would, I, have like, I have like, I'm starting to take pictures now, and I call them my funeral pictures. We're at my funeral. Those are the pictures that might make the pamphlet. I'm like, well, that's pretty good. That might be a funeral picture. That's, it's interesting that you say that. Have you guys ever thought we... We had offline talked once about the Elton John album and how he came up with one of those songs for what music he wanted to hear at his funeral. Mm -hmm. Funeral for a Friend, I believe, was the name of the song. Have you guys ever thought about what song you would want to play at your funeral? Yeah. There's a cover of Sexual Healing uh, in the movie <laughs> Chef. I think I, can't, I think it's called the... Ah, uh, shoot. I might, have to, this. might have to use it again, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. Is Aaron is Aaron quoting South Park songs here or not? Because no, man. because if you do, Aaron and I definitely have overlap. Because mine was one hundred percent. What would Brian Boitano do? And the fact that Aaron was going to quote a South Park song. I think he's quoting from that movie Burnt. There's a there's a in the in the movie Chef. There's a cover of oh. Sexual Healing by Marvin Gaye. I, it's a it's by a, a brass collective. I, it's not the Dirty Dozen Brass Band. Shit, Burp I should remember the name. And it's boom. boom. They got a tuba going. Boom, yeah, that's not boom, Dirty Dozen boom, Brass boom, Band. Boom, right? boom, 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 boom. That's what I want. No, I mean I, I had a song. I can't think of it, so I might, we might have to splice it in later. I'll, I'll, I'll in about a half hour, I'll remember it and we'll come back to it. But I think I would do the the hidden song from that Green Day album, Dookie. I was alone. Nice and short. People would be like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> I can't no, remember myself. myself. <laughs> no one was look. No one was looking. No one was looking. Was thinking of you. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking. All right. Are we talking about the Beatles today? Hey, wait. No. We don't know how Russell's doing though. Absolutely not. I want to hear Russell. Well, how are you doing, Russell? Well, we touched on the online dating world, Rob, and this this lady liked me on one of these apps that I really don't even know how to use anymore because they're just going so poorly. My, my dating life is is going down on the roller coaster, and so I feel like I might need some advice on how to handle some things. By the oh, way, hey. by the way, by the way, touched by the online dating world sounds like a great app. Okay, so we should start an app called Touch on the Online Dating World. I think we could get a lot of people on there. Okay, so moving on. <laughs> yeah, Rob, sometimes your jokes are so advanced, it takes a minute. It takes a minute. We did not call each other and say, don't laugh at any of Rob's jokes. <laughs> yeah, no, we did not do that. There was not, <laughs> a, there was not a text. Hey, is, is this one of the biggest fears of hosting a podcast or having friends? That and having like a group of friends though, where you you are worried that there could be a chance that you get left off. There's a subtext chain, and that you were not a part. Of. Have you guys ever found out that there was a a subtext chain, and that you were not a part of it? 
And if there's one about this podcast that I'm not a part of, we do not need to discuss it. But at some point in life, there's always a subtext chain that we are not a part of and we don't even know about it. That's why that's I'm saying that that's way. why I'm saying there's only private messaging untouched on online. Oh, I can't remember the joke. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> no, that's why I've started my own private text chains with all of you talking shit about the other one. So I know I'll never be left out. It's impossible. I, I, I mean, you have to admit that would be great to to get it for some young lady to get a notice that Rob had just touched her on the app. I mean, that would be a great moment for her, right? Touched you on the app. That's such a good one. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was touched today. <laughs> <laughs> Rob touched you. Oh, it also yeah. works like it could work for like religious people too. So you could market it to two different, totally different audiences. We're really yes. onto something. And then halfway through, I just pull up the gate and combine them. Just let it ride. <laughs> get, 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 get to the corner. It's time for Russell's advice corner. Oh yeah. All right. This is the part where we put Russell in the corner and we spank him. Whoa. With knowledge. <laughs> Touch him. <laughs> Russ has been touched by knowledge. Well, I need I need all the knowledge help I can get. And coming from you three guys who have given me no credible advice whatsoever <laughs> over the past few weeks, we'll, we'll like give you another opinion. try. I, I think one of the biggest things in online dating, I don't, you guys never did online dating before. You you met someone, it, it's led to marriage no, and kids and and your life and Rob is very bitter about this, but he, he persists. And I appreciate that persistence about you, Rob. You have a very, you have a constitution about you that not many other people have. So I appreciate that. But you know, dialing random numbers on the telephone and saying, will you date me was the equivalent of online dating back in my time. <laughs> and I think I probably had probably similar success rates, Russell. Got you. So here's my question. <sighs> Oh, we're, we're quoting John Lennon this early in the album, huh? <laughs> oh, My question is, is if I go out on a date with, with a woman and we have a, a good night nice. or we don't have a good night, what is the expected time frame in which I should text her or contact her to either go out again or just to continue the conversation? 30 seconds after you drop her off. Yep. That's right away. You got to get in her face. You got to, it's all about marketing. It's like get a billboard. And I would also say, I love you probably within the first five (laughs) minutes of meeting her. (laughs) That's that's essentially how I dated my whole life was just immediately like, we should get married. Can you guys hold on? Can you guys hold on while I, while I type these notes down? (laughs) (laughs) Uh Oh, Russell's computer just turned off. It's flaming. I feel like, I feel like, you know, the, the old fallback is, is it, what is it? 24, 48 hours, something like 48 hours, something like that. 48 Um, hours is so long. But that's what I'm saying. Like, but every single wedding or marriage good story you hear about it's like oh well they didn't wait they called me sent me an email that night or something like that or right away the next morning you also read that in a lot of police reports (laughs) 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 but i mean like that's a great point matt but you're assuming that every time someone goes on a first date they're looking for marriage and they want it to work what if you went out and you had a fun time but you're not you're not sure how into it you are and so you don't want to overplay it if you're not that into the situation, but you kind of want to see where it goes. So how does it, how does that change if you had a fun night, but you're not really sure if there's a connection because the last thing you want to do is, is get the police report on you via Rob when you don't even know if it's really worth it. I think you still got to jump six on these months. things as quick as possible. <laughs> yeah, you just like, Hey, hey six months ago, we, Make I don't know. I'm, 
I'm still in the camp of like, you got to jump on these things as quick as possible and figure out if it's the right thing for you at the time. I, I think you're going to, you know, when I was doing on, like dating, there was always a chance that when I called this person's house, their dad was going to pick up. <laughs> like that's stress, Russell. I think worrying about when you're going to get a hold of somebody, that's nothing. You know, when you call and it's like, hello, who is this? And I'm like, I'm here to. Oh, no, Rob, Rob. I'm here Rob, to take off your daughter's pants. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I recommend the shirt too. I think the whole like just try to get the whole thing off at some point is, nope. is better. No, nope. I respect I respect women. Uh, just oh, no. no, I think. I, what, what do you think, Russell? Do you like if you if you contact them the next day? I think if it really went well, you got to do the next day, right? Or is that I, I, desperate? I think you guys are right. If if you had a, a first date and it went well, you definitely contact the next day. But we need to go take this a little bit down the road where maybe you've gone out on two or three dates and you're having fun, but you know you're not totally into it, but you don't want to break it off. But you kind of want to slow play it a little bit because you're not you're you're not feeling that urgency to do whatever Rob wants to do on his first date or his second second date. Rob, sorry. But so how do you kind of slow play it if you don't really want to push it forward, but see if maybe there's something there? You start telling them about this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You just start talking about your time you spend making a podcast. That'll slow yeah. down. That'll so cool, if you if, if cool you're not heels. like in like head over heels, like and you're just trying to feel your way through it for lack of a better term. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I mean, don't you just call the next day and figure it out? And then I mean, if you wait two days, you wait three days, I mean, is there any point in waiting longer than like when you feel comfortable doing it? I mean, well, like so, so this thinking comes, about it for too long and things this like this comes from three guys who met their bent their future wives. I would say early 20s or mid 20s. Is that fair? You probably felt something right away. But when you've been through this online dating thing for a while, you realize that it's not always like this immediate spark on the first date or a thing that, you know, is going to work or you a thing, you know, isn't going to work. It's a, it's a very different dynamic now. Yeah, you got to trick them. You got to lie to them until they can't. You got to lie to them and fake like you're somebody else until they just have had enough and they would let down their defenses and then they'll, they'll marry you. That's how it went for me. And it went, I, things are, uh, things are great. I'm currently podcasting in my child's bedroom because my wife will not let me anywhere else in the apartment because I'm too loud, but, uh, just like you're getting out of the corner of your daughter's bedroom. Maybe it's time for me to get out of the corner tonight. I'll take your guys advice and follow up with, with, with the woman I go out with quickly if I'm into her and, and according to Matt, just kind of diss her, or, or what's what's the what's the advice there, Matt? I, if I'm I think not Matt, into it? Matt Matt had three words for you: fake your death. Think about <laughs> it. <laughs> That's it. Time's up. Get out of the corner. That was Russell's advice corner. Oh yeah. I thought you were dead. I love you so much. <laughs> I came back. Or not? Do you not say that? I don't know. I realized I still, the last. I still got it. I still got it. The last lady who texted me and said, "Hey, I haven't heard from you in a while." When I texted back, I I died. That probably was not the best way to go. <laughs> uh, what is your experience with this band or album? I'll just start right now. I I had uh, a tape in the car that had, what is it? Not your song. God damn it! That's Elton John. What am I thinking? Of? What song on this? In my life, and they and I tape, listened to that it song. T- it was, was a it, classic was car tape where it never went out of the car for like eight years. And so I've heard that song approximately 1,000 times. And I keep thinking it's next to, in my head, on an album that's before AHA and after Erasure. So that's, the mixtape life has got me screwed up. Russell? 
Have you, have you guys ever thought that we should rearrange this list and not do Rolling Stones list, but do Rob's mom's CD list where we just go through every CD in that little carrier in case Rob's that Rob's car. mom yep. has One through car. five, Wilson yeah. Phillips. <laughs> Is that Wilson Phillips? Is that right? No. Someday somebody's going to want to make you turn around and say goodbye. You were thinking of David Bowie. <laughs> no way! I don't know. I don't even know any David Bowie songs. That's not right. Changes, changes. You were just saying changes. 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 I think there. I think there's a cover by Wilson Pickett. We made. We made it to go completely. Oh, 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 oh. We, Wilson Pickett did not cover. Holy shit! We've yeah. we've ripped a hole in the space time continuum. Yeah. <laughs> we need to do another Boondock Saints search for this to figure it out or not? Wilson. Hey Wilson Pickett, you know that sound you've been looking for? Well, I gotta I travel it's through in the time. Future. Yeah. <laughs> how about how about Carney Wilson? What, what was that band? That's Wilson Phillips. Carney Wilson, yeah. right? Yeah, Brian Wilson's think, kid. You don't think they sing changes? Not that I am aware. I mean, maybe if Aaron they did, says no. I, he's listened to every piece of music on the internet. Obviously, well, I, mean, so. I, I know it's not Doctor Oxcart, but we'll have to trust Aaron on this one. <laughs> but, uh, now you're calling back jokes from the future. Essentially, All right. <laughs> essentially, Rob, I don't really have any meaningful, meaningful history with this album. As with all the Beatles albums, I know their hits. And once we started this quest, I went and decided to listen to all the albums straight through. But when it comes to, we're talking about Rubber Soul tonight. Rubber Soul, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I don't have any meaningful history with this album. No, it seems like it's really important to you. Did we forget <laughs> to add Russell to the episode text chain? <laughs> Hey, can we can we pause for a second while I go- I fiercely Google Wilson Phillips and the song changes? <laughs> He's honestly going to turn off his computer one of these times. Aaron, what's your history with this album? It's beside beside cosplaying as the Beatles in high school. Yeah, it's it's more than you guys care Larping. to hear about. I I loved this album as a kid. My mom had it on vinyl, but the vinyl was super warped, so I bought it on CD. And I listened to it a ton on CD as a kid. And uh, I, I've never, ever choose to put the Beatles on now. But um, when I was listening to these songs to prepare for the podcast, I know all of them so well. And uh, I just have a very deep history. So now I'm, I think I'm in full on like Kill Your Idols mode. I'm ready to take down the Beatles because uh, I love them so much. I'm, gonna, I'm ready to like really thoroughly examine them from, with a critical eye. And your wife walked into the room behind you. Now she's slowly backing out, scared after you said that. So, <laughs> glad, man. What do you think? Uh, this is probably the second album I knew by the Beatles. White album being the first one, and so you know the kind of the post boy band version of the Beatles. I didn't know they existed until I heard the White album in this album. So listen to this a lot. And then I was looking at other albums that were kind of out in this time and, and Rubber Soul came out. And so, uh, or, you know, came to my forefront. And so, you know, I listened to this a lot. Um, and so I know all the songs, like them a lot. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm a huge fan of the album, but um, I certainly think it's, uh, it's it deserves to be up where it is. This is fifth on the list after Highway 61 and before What's Going On. Uh, the title of this album was based on, they heard somebody say that Mick Jagger had what they called plastic soul because he was singing soul music, but he didn't really know how to do it. And so they were like in classic British humor, they're like, Hey, you know, what's funny rubber soul. It's like our shoes. And everybody's like, Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Ringo's yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. Oh my God. They all, they were on the floor laughing, rolling around for three days. Yeah. They stood up and they screamed, they screamed. They thought it was so funny. If you guys could put if you guys could put one tennis shoe from your youth on the cover of Rubber Soul, other than the stupid Beatles picture, 
and you could pick your favorite tennis shoe ever to be on the cover, what would you pick instead? It was either seventh or eighth grade traveling basketball. I had some gray pumps. They had the orange, you know, the orange pump and stuff like that. I mean, I, I thought I was pretty slick back then with those. Yeah, my and he had a shirt on that says "Nice Bush" because <laughs> he had some cousins that uh, he had some cousins that owned a few Spencers. Sang glycerine all the time. My grandma Twyla bought me some Jordan ones when I, in 1986 or 87, and uh, that would be the number one for me. And I have them in my house right now. I'm waiting for my son to grow into them, so I got some some wow. Jays. That'd be the number one. And you know your kid's going to be like, I hate these. These are dumb. Who cares? You're going to be like, that's basically parenting in a nutshell. Here's something I love more than anything. Oh, that's the dumbest thing in the world. (laughs) Russell, what's your, you got to have a shoe if you're, do you guys remember Larry Johnson when he was grandma? Yeah. Oh yeah. He came out with the Hexalite Converse and those were the jam. Those were the biggest shoes ever. But I honestly, I can't get past thinking about like Aaron's wardrobe as a high schooler right now. (laughs) <laughs> and, and I would love to see a picture of Aaron from his junior year in high school right now. Oh, you know, if we, you know, if we look at a picture of Aaron in his junior year and you put that on your Bumble profile, you would get like thousands of messages on your first day. <laughs> like even, even, even 1996 Aaron would get more action on a Bumble than any of us would in present day. Rob, are you implying Act. that I may or may not have put up a fake picture in the past just to see if there were real responses that really outweighed my effort to put myself out there in a proper manner? I, I, I've never I've never done that. For, for the record, I've never done that. It's a lot like promoting a podcast. You just got to lie to people and be like, oh, no, we talk about music quite a bit. Look at the clock. <laughs> 50 minutes. Almost got to track one. Uh, so when I'm I, we've talked so much about the Beatles, I really want to put this album in a context of the Beatles had just gotten done with an American tour and they had seen the stacks uh, recording studio in Memphis that they actually wanted to record revolver at, but they weren't able to do that. They didn't think it had the enough stuff that they wanted. And they had listened to a lot of Motown. And so for a lot of this album, I'm going to be kind of comparing the Beatles and how they're influenced by American sounds like the birds. Uh, they got to meet Revolver, or they got to meet Revolver. <sighs> I quit this podcast. Just kidding. <laughs> this is the only thing I have going on in my life right now. Uh, they got to meet Elvis and Bob Dylan, and uh, and basically they came back, and they had they had released Help in uh, 65, and then this one they released in in, in October, like four, like a couple months later. It's It's ridiculous how fast this was. Uh, and so before we do anything, I want to get to the first two. Again, they had two singles that they did not, re- they recorded during this time and did not release. Now, I just want you to picture, we start a band, okay? And we all are trying to be the drummer because we don't want, none of us want to be up front for attention. Well, I would want, I just would want to be behind the drums because then no one would have to see like how out of shape I am if I'm sitting behind a drum set. <laughs> like if I'm, if I'm out front, like strumming a guitar, they're like, yeah. hey, Russ could really like, get on that broken elliptical of his, he could do like, he could, he could lay off the pizza <laughs> or the ice cream. Up at- talk- <laughs> why is, why is one leg of his so muscular? Why is only one leg so muscular? Oh, is it my broken elliptical? Only one half works. <laughs> it's a one leg and the opposite arm are just both jacked. Russ could really lay off the ice cream up at Cole's resort. Like if he's going to be up here playing the, like I would need one of those double guitars where my whole body was covered up. So I'm definitely, I'm, I'm either playing the double guitar where no one can see my physique or I'm playing behind the drums. I like the idea of a guitar that's just the shape of your body, Russell, just covers up your whole body. That's- How many drummers in the history of the world do you think ended up having to play the drums because they just didn't want to be on stage and they're like, I, I don't, I don't look good physically. I can't stand up there. 
I don't know. There, I mean, there's there's a ton of studies about the amount of calories that drummers burn in like a a, a show, a, a two three hour show, and how credibly they're the ones who have to be in shape. They're hugely into the having to make sure that they can keep up with everything. Everybody else can take a couple of songs off. So I don't know. I think it's a one of those things where is it is some- it a, is it about the same amount of calories you burn if you're googling. Hold on by Wilson Phillips. <laughs> I, I am also doing a study about um, calories and those ice cream drumsticks that you can buy. Uh, <laughs> it's a five-year study, so it's taking some time. But, <laughs> so it's, yeah. They're net neutral. It's pretty close. So we're in a band. You're a band, right? And you released these two songs. Now, the Beatles released a double A-side single, a single with two A-sides, because they couldn't agree which one was better. If you're a band and you release one of these songs, I think you're a band that most people know of, right? I think you could become an aqua with Barbie Girl if you release one of these songs. Like, at least people are going to know who you are. If you release two of these songs, you're legitimately a top band of the year. These guys make both these songs and just, then just put them out on a single. And they're just like, yeah, okay, finally, we can work on this album. Try to see it my way. Man, they were just loving the, loving the tambourine in 1965. Bob Dylan. Oh, yeah. I just met Bob. Hey, Bob Dylan. He was saying he was going to do this song called Tambourine Man, man. And it's about a tambourine, and here it is. Oh. Uh, such a great song. I don't understand. I mean, well, I thought like, you were going to say great impression. Yeah, yeah, definitely no, great impression. No, great impression. Wait, how do these? Yeah, how do these singles not make it on this album? We'll talk about the album, but there's some filler on there that uh, any of these, either of these songs could have. This, could have this would be the greatest Beatles album if you took off two songs and put these two and songs added, on there. Yeah, play the next one. Let's hear it. Because then all of a sudden you're like, oh, that song was unbelievable. That's so good. There's no way a song could be more catchy than that. Oh, guess what? Yeah. Meanwhile, the monkeys are listening to this song and taking notes. Like we should do yes. every song like this. <laughs> so good. And that is Day Tripper on the other side of the single. So now we finally get into the first track on Jeez, Rubber Soul. Otis Redding is a great Day Tripper cover. And I want, don't step on my Otis Redding take here. I know you can see my screen. You're trying to get ahead of the game here, trying to steal it. I want you to listen to the bass and guitar, both kind of noodling around at the bottom. There's so much more intricate bass on this compared to so many of the other al- uh, Beatle albums. This is kind of where Paul is starting to learn like, Hey, I'm, Hey man, I want to do some cool stuff on the bass. Plunky plunk, you know, boogie, turns boogie. out I'm the most cha- talented member of this bunch. Yeah. So listen to this. This is a good old song, right? Yeah. Great. Are you guys going to yell yep. at me again? Or? No, I agree. It's a good opening song, but where would you guys rate it compared to Like a Rolling Stone, Wouldn't It Be Nice, Sergeant Peppers, and Taxman? Where would you place this in the top five or top four or five listeners? I'd place it above Taxman. Above Taxman, for sure. Yeah, then the other ones are better. A lot of people I know have been saying they like Taxman. Um, (laughs) So if you listen to that kind of noodling around with the guitar and the bass together... They got a lot of that from um, Otis Redding. So again, here we have this Americana influence on the Beatles. Is this Wilson? This is Otis, Otis Redding. Redding. A lot of people don't know Otis wrote this song because Aretha made it famous, but this is Otis's song. You're thinking of Wilson Phillips Pickett. 
that's a we whole just, that's a band I've been working on. We're just gonna after the podcast, we're gonna play Wilson Hold On by Wilson Phillips and the and the fans are gonna rejoice. <laughs> That's our separate podcast. That's just where we just play Wilson Phillips and then we get it taken down for copyright infringement. Yep. Worth it. All right. (laughs) Next up. (laughs) You may have caught that hilarious joke at the beginning of this podcast, Norwegian. Would you pass me that joint? (laughs) This song is a top five Beatles song. And let me hear you agree with me. Nobody agrees with you. I don't under. Why would you say this is a top five Beatles song? It's a really nice song. Rob, I I understand you to be kind of someone who wants to bop around the music and enjoy it. Like this is not boppy at all. It's a lot of people say that about me. It's very (laughs) creepy. If if you listen to the lyrics, it's really about this guy who meets this girl. He tries to hook up with her. I don't think they had Bumble back in the sixties. They had some other dating app that, that they would have used. But she says no. My understanding, he sleeps in her bathtub and then lights her apartment on fire. Is that the, the whole point of the song? Oh, you mean love? Seems like you should give it a shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if this, if this works for John Lennon and Paul McCartney, I, I feel like I need to change my, my Bumble profile right now to say, I will light your apartment on fire, whether it's Norwegian wood or pine or oak or any type of wood. That's <laughs> uh, not fair that Russell has that joke that's going to make me laugh every time. Every time. It never never quits. Rob, why is this one of your top five songs? Because it's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous song. It makes me want to sing it. I just love it. I think it's I think it's so good. I think oh, it's just it's just a beautiful song and the whole melody and you get that. You know that sitar coming in that they learned from uh, David Crosby and the Birds on the t- oh on the tour of America. That's right, coming back, <laughs> bringing it back. Rob's thesis. God damn, he's smart and always says smart things and not dumb things that everyone makes <laughs> oh, fun of him yeah. when they actually know the truth about it. <laughs> Matt, were you going to say something? <laughs> no, Rosie was. <laughs> No, no, Ro- Rosie, Rosie, yeah, Rosie, you were the one that was going to agree with them, it's right? Too, this is top five, because uh. I don't know. I mean, top I, five, why are all you guys five. texting each other? I don't get that. I don't even. Heard... I, I don't even think this is like a top fifty-five Beatles song. Oh, oh, shut wow. up! Shut up! I know you're saying that just to make me mad. Don't. That's our next podcast: the top fifty-five Beatles songs. Maybe you like this version better, Russell. They also released this version. Not release it, but there's a recording of this where they were doing full psychedelic. This is cool. I've never heard this. I once had a girl. Or should I say she once I love that John Lennon note with no nothing on his voice. Is that different lyrics? Yeah. No, yeah. Let's say I once had a girl versus I once met a girl. Like, no, it's the same. Because it's I once had a girl or should I say she once had me. It's like flipping the thing around. Oh. I always heard that as I met I once met a girl. You know, this version of the song, I consider top six Beatles song, for sure. <laughs> With a bullet. All right, now we have Paul McCartney. Oh, I'm Paul McCartney. And, ooh, I'm Paul McCartney, and I got an actress, Jane Asher. She's ignoring me, even though I'm so famous, and she wants to do a career, so here's a, here's a song about it. All right, you won't <laughs> see me. I have had enough, so I... Rosie, I haven't listened. Yeah, I was gonna say I haven't listened to a lot of the earlier stuff. But is this typical bass for them, or is, are they getting into a more no, bassy? I, uh, yeah, I think he's doing this kind of like Paul's really singing on the bass here. I do. I think this is like yeah. a big breakout album for Paul on the bass. I agree with you guys. Yeah. It has been pointed out to me that every remaster of the Beatles, they just crank up the bass. 
I think they do. They go, oh, yeah, Paul's really doing it, yeah. <laughs> and they also have two different bass tracks playing there. They have a normal bass, and they have what's called a fuzz bass. Oh, I didn't know that. Which is also a shirt I bought at Spencer's. <laughs> Bush fuzz. I tried not to laugh. I see at what that, you're doing there. It's so funny. Uh, and that's exact same chords, chords as same old song. Ooh, the four tops. Rob, you are on top of this. Yeah, it's almost like this is all on Wikipedia if you just looked at it, but it's not, so don't bother looking. All right. I got some up. other thoughts about you on see me though. I have some other thoughts if you'd permit me some thoughts. All right, let's hear it. I'd like to make a list. Uh, inspired by you won't see. Oh, a list. Can we do that on this podcast? I got some thoughts. I I, get, I feel like this is the moment where I have I have matched with a woman on one of these dating profiles and she messaged me once and now she stops messaging me because now she's messaging Aaron instead because he's stolen my bit. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, Russell, but I wanted to make a list uh, based on the song You Won't See Me. It's just like when I worked at a horse riding ranch. I stole somebody's bit. <laughs> or this was this was also like when every 16-year-old goes into Spencer Gifts and steals half the shit out of the store because they're not paying for it. <laughs> hey, Aaron, Aaron, why don't you steal my bit while you're at it? Go for it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's time. Five, four, three, two, one. For another bet, it is better than Countdown. Oh, yeah. Countdown, I love it. Spencer's was a number one shoplifting destination, though, for sure. Of all the <laughs> girls I knew that shoplifted, Spencer's was number one. That was like their like Amazon.com of the day. This, <laughs> it's just too easy. So this song to me is about being dumped. Maybe I'm wrong. And so I thought, I thought this is a pretty good song about being dumped. And it makes my fab four, but it's only at number four. So I've got three songs about being dumped that I think are better than You Won't See Me. The number three, just ahead of three, You Won't See wait, Me. Wait, hold on, hold on. Three three songs that are about being dumped that are better than this one. That's right. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Here we right. go. All what's, right. what's What's number three? Number so there three. must be some big name bands on these. If these are better songs than the Beatles, exactly. That's what I'm saying. You guys are going to recognize all of these. Number three is Cannibal Ox with the F word. Who is Cannibal Ox? Cannibal Ox? They were on the Def Jerks label, man, back in 04. Vast Air was singing about... Back in 04. 2004? 2004. Oh. Like, I care about you. This, Think about this, you all the time. It's this about, is definitely how I rebound from a breakup. It's about yep, getting put in it. the friend zone. Here we go. You got to hear the first line. It sounds like they fell on their keyboard. Yo, Hey, Aaron, as someone who's been put in the friend zone, I have never had this type of attitude. You said something about cardiovascular. He wants his cardiovascular to fight back. Russ, you're a great guy. You're super smart and funny, and you have an amazing podcast. But I really think we just have a friend connect. I've, I've never had this attitude. Then you needed to rap about it. The other, you got to try freestyling after something like that happens. The other great line in this song is he says, she was in a love triangle, but it wasn't like my feelings weren't there to make it a square. Number two. Number two, the second. Wait, Aaron, Aaron, Aaron. What the fuck? What, what is that band? What is that song? <laughs> Cannibal Ox is the F word. Triangle, weapon. and I wasn't there to make it a square. Yeah. You know, a little behind the scenes, these guys send me a list of songs that they want me to put on, onto this thing so we can actually like be organized and not make any mistakes and do it. I had to go on Vimeo to find the song. It wasn't even on YouTube. Like, 
I had to go to like a Russian campsite to find this. It was so wild. <laughs> well, this one Aaron, is going to be even, two? What's even better. Bones? No, number two is Give Me Back My Dog by Slobber Bone. <laughs> All right, let's give it a chance. So Slobberbone has a song about "Give Me Back My Dog." Yeah. Look, this guy that got broke up with, he wants his damn dog back. It was mine before you knew me. Like he is out here taking back what's his. He's not. Hey, he's not saying you I don't, hey, Ra, I don't nobody can see, but you got to. We got to look up and see what Slobberbone looks like. <laughs> what in the hell? The slobber bone look like. Oh, you know what? I am the It was mine before you knew me. Aaron, Aaron's on to some. Like, if you lose your dog in a breakup, you want that. Like, you go out and you find that fucking dog. You, you want that dog, dog back, back. man. Like, this is important. Like, slobber bone was not out here ready to let anybody, man or woman, I'm not going to judge or say, yeah. take their damn I, I dog. Feel like, okay, I feel I'm like. I'm going to give you a hint. How many guys do you think are in the band? <laughs> it's four. And are they four white guys? Yep. Do oh, they look yeah. like they grew up in the suburbs? Possibly. Hey, I just I just made a call to the CEO of Spencer Gifts, and he's going to add Slobber Dog as the third album on their list. <laughs> Slobber Bone is a band that Slobber. literally was just made to sell T-shirts. I would buy a Slobber Bone T-shirt right now. That's probably true. That's actually probably That's true. That's pretty good, though. Aaron, Aaron we're, we're picking on you, but... The point of the song is amazing. You're you're absolutely right. It's like, give me back that dog. Yeah, he like he's not you're, you're right. You're spot on. This Wall is fantastic. Ro- Rosie, you're definitely the Ed Alderson of <laughs> of this podcast. You're the Ed Alderson of the slobber bone on this podcast. You don't need to tell us who Ed Alderson is yeah. from. We all know. <laughs> but yeah, what would on. you say I am of this podcast? Uh, Hold on one yeah. I'm not cutting any of those. Some, You're definitely the Mike Hill, Rob. You're definitely What's the Mike Hill of, of this Because podcast. I love to play the... <laughs> guitar. But even oh. better. Guitar. <laughs> even better than Slobber I think I, I think I'm the Jess Bar. I play the banjo. I was going to say that, too. <laughs> Russell's the Tony Harper on the drums. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but taking it one level further, beyond... Demanding your dog back is like if you get broken up with, you're gonna figure out how to be okay. And I think that the the namesake of this podcast said it best. This is back. Guess I'm doing fine. I'm just gonna keep it mellow. Guess I'm doing fine. Guess I'm doing fine. It's a great song. I've never heard this one. This is great. So you know what? Beck did it better. This is like no, no. You need to say it like you mean it, Aaron. Say it like you mean it. Say it like you mean it. Back did it. No, Aaron. Can you, can you, can you start over and put those purple sunglasses back on and then do it? Put the sunglasses on and then do it. Yeah. Sunglasses on. Beck did it better. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Beck, did, oh, Beck made you the host best. Thing. Best. I got dumped song of all time. Aaron, that was like a movie where you have a, a girl in high school who everybody's like, oh, she's so ugly and stupid, and all she does is she's good at school. <laughs> And then all of a sudden she goes to prom and she's the most beautiful girl in the whole school. That's what happened, Rosie. We thought you were dumb as shit with those earlier songs. And then you turned it on us. Turned it around. Brought it back. Let's talk about the Beatles. Yeah, let's, I think we, this is now officially a slobber bone podcast. <laughs> Can you imagine telling our friends like, hey, listen, I got this podcast. Oh, what's it about? Oh, it's about slobber bone. Slobber bone. <laughs> it's even better. It's about the top 500 slobber bone albums of all time. Yeah. <laughs> I 
I can't believe that Mr. You listen to Whitney Houston like every Every, every Saturday is it every Saturday morning? Yeah, every Saturday morning. You know, and I will always love you. Didn't make Slobberbone beat out that song. Slobberbone was yeah. yeah. Slobberbone was better. You know, Mr. Prince. You you go to the grocery stores and still buy magazines with Prince on them. And, it's true. Uh, I do that. No, nothing compares to you. <laughs> nope. That's not on your list. But didn't nope. make the cut. Cannibal Ox. Slobberbone. Catapult X was better than them. <laughs> from uh, way better. From their 1996 album, Crow Pot Pie. I mean, yeah. God, man, you know a lot. I was going to say our Slobber Bone podcast would be where we try to say one thing we know about Slobber Bone. Like we'd spend all week looking up a Slobber Bone and we'd try to learn one item. That would be the podcast. It's, it's interesting. You guys, you, you know there's this pain. And what? why do you lock yourself up? Lock yourself up with these chains. No one can change your life except for you. <laughs> Don't ever let anyone step all over you like this is the way you get over a breakup just open your heart and your mind it's a really fair way to feel inside someday <laughs> someone's wilson gonna phillips. make like this, like this is the wilson phillips episode we, say, we've, oh. we've been talking about it all night i was gonna say slobber bone is different than i thought yeah they've got some good lyrics aaron you need i i i respect your musical uh, ability and your authority and i love Slabberbone and captain oxtail but i think you need to go back and give hold on by wilson phillips another listen i'm gonna have to do that i'm gonna do that as soon as we finish this podcast that's what i'm gonna do wilson check phillips. the cue card check yeah. that wilson phillips all right so oh my god just uh, next song, Nowhere Man. This is a fun He's one, huh? Oh, opening a great one. First oh, dance at my wedding. <laughs> Jenny put it on, right? She's yeah. the one who was yeah. in charge of all the music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she wanted to directly blast me at my wedding, so she was like, you're a Nowhere Man. <laughs> Lennon has said this was during a down period in his life. That's a shocker. I like him harmonizing with himself. I don't know if this is correct, but I think this is the first Beatles song ever that's not about a boy-girl relationship. And it's pretty crazy that you've made it, like, how many albums in? Five, six albums in. And this is the first time they're not singing about some sort of relationship with a girl. But they're like, you know, John Lennon is 25 on this album. I mean, when I was 25, I would have been, what else are you going to make albums about? I actually think one of the most inspirational moments of this album is on this song. And I was reading that... They kept trying to amp up these treble on these guitars and put it through all these faders and all these other tools. And the engineers kept telling him, don't do it. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. And I don't know enough about music to understand it, but the Beatles eventually just said, if it's terrible, we can scrap it. And they did it. And it's really cool because it's, it's, you're thinking, you kind of, you read this and you, you think we should all just take chances in life. And if it doesn't work, who gives a shit, right? You can always fix it. Yeah. But so I, when I was reading that, I was thinking, that's why these guys are amazing is they take chances on something. And if it works, it turns into a song on one of the greatest five albums of all time. And if it doesn't work, who cares? And yeah, that's why you were arrested earlier today, shoplifting from a Spencer. So I think that maybe you got the wrong, <laughs> the wrong message. Uh, all right. This is the first. Uh, again, the, with the tambourine. George Harrison. George Harrison. Again, again, with the tambourine. They just were really into that. Music podcast. I don't even know Drew Harrison. It's got to be the Motown stacks influenced. I don't think there's a lot of tambourine oh, stacks though. But the, I mean, this bass noise and the, the whole kind of like shake up, and, and, and you hear this big time in the next song. The word. This was influenced. They said by Midnight Hour. Oh, by Wilson Pickett. By Wilson Phillips. Yeah. Wow. Um, 
<laughs> it went back in time. <laughs> hey, Marvin, you know that joke wait. I told earlier? Hold on. Well, I got the joke pa- for you. <laughs> we might need to pause the podcast. Should we talk about Wilson Phillips again? <laughs> <laughs> Every time it makes me laugh. No apologies. But that song, if you listen to it, it was if you just mute us somehow and then listen to that song. But it does sound a lot like James Brown, Papa's Got a Brand New Day. There's that same kind of... And now we're into the music that I would just rather listen to. So good. It's so good. But there definitely is that same... You can hear that same Americana influence on the Beatles. And guys, I say Americana because it makes me sound Americana smart. Uh, (laughs) All right. We have Michelle. This is another great, great bass song, right? This was a song that Paul used to sing when he was like 16 to pick up French chicks. That's why there's French, excuse me. Did it work? His French is terrible. What? What are you, an expert on French now, too? What are you talking about? I took an entire semester of French twice in college. Aaron, twice. (laughs) Same one. Didn't go so well the first time. Aaron, if you're going to talk about your French skills, can you at least take the purple sunglasses off beforehand? We, we, We would give you a little more credibility. Rosie's staying at a Holiday Inn once. He knows French. <laughs> Making out with girls freshman year does not count as a French class. Uh, but it's, a, it's, such a, it's a gorgeous song. But if you listen, there's a middle eight. There's like a little bridge in the song. And people say, and the person I'm talking about is Dr. Wikipedia says, that it sounds a lot like the Nina Simone. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's amazing how much the Beatles were able to take what they were so skilled at, like being able to listen and pull things in. Like if you're like, oh, yeah, here's a song about French girls and I want you to throw in some Nina Simone. You'd be like, wait, what? I just also want to I just want to say also that that's a Screaming Jay Hawkins song. I think he did that first and then Nina covered it. Yeah, we all Go know on, that, Russell. Rosie. No shit. I Don't insult me. I just want to give credit where it's due, that, you know? Yeah. Screaming Jay Hawkins. Yeah. He used to know, come out of a confidence shit in his shows. Don't He's worry. like one of the first. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Russell. Hey. I, I, I'm gonna, I gotta I gotta go put on my my flannel shirt if we're talking Sadie Hawkins right now. <laughs> we're talking screaming Jay Hawkins. <laughs> oh, we're oh. talking Sadie Hawkins. You oh. say potato, I say potato. <laughs> my school always had screaming Jay Hawkins dance. <laughs> Where we play about three songs, everybody goes, "What the hell is this?" Uh, hey, did you, hey, hey, did you pick out that green and black flannel yet? Or what, what color flannel are we wearing? I can relate to that so hard. That's the problem. All right, and now this is this was my alternate intro. I was thinking for the podcast today is this album answers the question: What if the Beatles were a country band? Ooh! And I gotta say, it's so easy to make fun of a Ringo song. I, I don't know. I enjoy the hell out of it. I mean, I like rockabilly, so I don't know if it's like when my kid tells a joke and you know the joke sucks, but it's a cute kid telling the joke. So you're like, oh, that's that's okay. Is that Ringo singing? Like, I'm just like, yeah. Thanks for it. I just think the guitar work on this album or this, on this song is so good. It's it's undeniable. We have to give Ringo credit, right? Like he sings a handful of songs, and every one of them are good. I feel like I'm everybody. Not sure I would agree. In but, the top, okay. <laughs> where I was born, I stole from Spencer Gibbs. <laughs> that Bush shirt. <laughs> I feel, I feel like. If you're horrible at karaoke, karaoke like I am, you should just go right to a Ringo song and just mm. that should just be your, that's, you know, your go to. Just that's that's a good, smart just, shit, man. Just fall back. Go. 
Uh, what do you got for Ringo? That's what I'm going to do. That was Matt's smart comment of the week. Ooh, that's some smart shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> I think we just about used all of them. Um, oh, I was going to say, I, I clicked on the wrong tab and I brought up Slobberbone, and I was like, it kind of blew my mind for a little bit. I was like, wait, what are we talking about? <laughs> We're back on Slobberbone. That's a name I have not heard in a long time. I don't know if Slobberbone ever entered into this world of country music. Like the, I don't know many Beatles songs that are kind of this country take, right? Like this is one of their only country songs. Am I right about that? As far as I know, yeah. Rocky Raccoon. Oh, there you yeah, go. that's a good point. I'd call that a country song. Does England have a burgeoning country western scene? I mean, <laughs> the western part I, of England is like the Atlantic. Is it? Yellow Submarine. It's Ireland. Think about it. I'm pretty sure that England has both kinds of music, country and Western, Rob. <laughs> they play them both. But it's interesting because the Beatles, you could kind of argue their music kind of spans different type of genres. Like it could be pop or rock or psychedelic or whatever you want to call it. But the, the other guy who spans a lot of genres of music is Beck. It's alternative. It's hip hop. Sure. It's anti-folk. Although admittedly, I have no idea what anti-folk even means. Yeah, no idea what that means. But but according to Rob's doctor, Dr. Foot Wikipedia, <laughs> Beck spans anti-folk too. So I started to wonder, has Beck ever gone country? It's a and good it question. it turns out that he has. Rob, if you could queue up, I just started hating some people today. This is intense. This is country That's music. A, I love this. I love this take on country. Though. I gotta say, like, right with that, like, heavy drums in the back, the, yeah. slide guitar. It's like, what if we took country music and just slowed it way down and made it like a little, a little more hateful? Yeah. What if we did country songs? Who are right here? All right, Russell. Oh, thanks a lot. That gets a little violent, man. Yeah. So, what do you guys think? Is there any chance Beck did country music better than the Beatles? I think it's yeah. I I think it's a pretty good chance. I like that song. Yeah, I'm going to give the nod to Beck. Guys, David Beck. Yep. The Beatles. Rob, the who Beatles. Did, Rob, who better. did it better? The Beatles. Rob, who, no, Rob. 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 Oh, <laughs> who did it better? Beck did it better. There we yes. go. Oh yeah. I feel like oh, I'm being used. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, we've got girl. She's the kind of girl you want so much. It Is this makes you one? sorry. Oh yeah. Oh, when we get about twenty-five seconds in, and he makes the creepiest sound in the history of music, you're gonna know it's a John Lennon song right here. So, Aaron, you seem to think this is like a weed thing. I just think it's a creepy sound from a weird dude thing. Yeah, I guess that's where we. I just think I think he's like token on a J, but maybe maybe you're right. Maybe he's just being creepy, like sucking his teeth at a girl. So you might be by, right, Russell. By the way, I made uh, Beck did it better shirts on the back. It just says creepy sound from weird dude. So I think that's a good. <laughs> and a, a, good big, a picture of me with a big thumbs up. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good tagline for us. <laughs> That's I it, that song. I love that song. I think it's beautiful. And then that hiss, I just it, every time I drove me crazy. The third time I listened to the album, I skipped it. I was like, I can't, I can't take this. Robin, Matt, like, what do you think it is? Is it a creepy dude so- sound or is it, is he smoking a, a joint? I think it's Hannibal Lecter from uh, Silence of the Lamb when he's talking about having some pee on TV or whatever he's talking about. Yep. Uh, They're ripping him off. I don't think it's drugs. These don't sound like guys that would be doing drugs. Uh, in my <laughs> life, 
in my life. Just the first oh. note of this song puts me in a good place, man. So gorgeous. It's just this beautiful. Is on Never skip. No. Is this, is this clear in a way the best song on this album? Yeah, to me, yeah. To me, it is. I think the is album this goes a top five downhill after song? this, too. Yes. It's a top, it might be a top five song in the world ever. I'm so pathetic. I'm just I think it's right. Guys. It's, it's barely above Norwegian arsonist or whatever that song was <laughs> earlier that we listened to. But if you listen to the lyrics, it's so cool because... I think Matt, you've said it before. Like a lot of John Lennon songs are kind of snarky and they're they're dark and they're not positive. Yeah. Like if you listen to it, it's all these places had their moments with lovers and friends. I still can recall some are dead and some are living in my life. I've loved them all, and it's so cool because you're hearing Lennon. You hear all this snark, and then he sings this song where it's very positive and encouraging. It's almost like watching a movie where the bad guy turns into a good guy. Like Ebenezer Scrooge, he celebrates Christmas or or Darth Vader, he saves Luke Skywalker. I feel like this is John Lennon's moment to sing. Spoiler alert. Uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of snark in these John Lennon songs for a while, but it, he's yeah. the bad guy becoming a good guy for this song. You just reminded me, though, that I don't, we haven't talked about it, but did you know that they got rid of the Rube in Northfield? No. What? Oh, yeah, they really? What's, of, yeah. What, what I don't know what it is. Some hipster place now, but, you know, you talk about places that you remember and all that yeah, stuff. right. And, Upstairs of the Rube, there's no more Rube. What That's the hell totally is up with that? Today, I just found out today was the last day my massage place was open. So I had to go oh. use my, I, had, I actually had a stamp card. <laughs> I went and got a free massage. And it was the first massage place in New York that I went to. And it's one subway stop away. Like when I first got to New York, I was always like, I'm going to walk around. I'm going to find the best massage place. I'm going to find the best haircut place. I'm going to find the best pizza place. And now I'm like, this is the closest to my apartment. It's officially <laughs> the best place in New York. <laughs> and this massage place was one stop, Right. And it was the first place where I had a, a massage place that had bars up on the ceiling and they would walk on your back and hold onto the bars. And I was, and it just closed down today. And it really is like, every, as you get older, you keep thinking like, Oh, this thing in my life is going to be this way forever. And it changes. And you realize how much you've taken it for granted. I would not have been able to write this song when I was 25. And did it get more stuff down? I gotta cut. Did it get closed down or did it get rated? No, there, no, it, it's, it's, <laughs> No, you're setting yourself up. You're talking about your favorite. Was Bob Kraft there? It's but it's different in, in New York, right? Like everyone gets their nails done. Everyone gets massages. Like it's so cheap here. It's it's. I haven't cut my own nails since I moved to New York. I'm not an animal. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> Rob's point is really poignant, though. If you think about it, it's like you don't know when that bartender that at, at your local bar that you've seen so right. many times you're never yep. going to see him again, or the guy who cuts Man, your that's hair, the truth. yeah, or there, or the lady who checks you out at the grocery store. You. Hey, looking good, Russell. Yeah. <laughs> That's checking him out, by the way. You never know when you're going to see him again, but you can still appreciate those moments. I just think this song, this song is, is fantastic. Yeah. Russell, when we're at your funeral and we're playing, when we push play on what would Brian Boitano do and it's a 20 <laughs> second clip because we don't want it to go too long. That's going to make me think about this song. For you're sure. going to wish you had chosen this song instead. Will you guys at least ensure that my obituary has died of listening to Hold On by Wilson Phillips way too many times in one night? <laughs> Russell refused to hold on to life, much like Wilson Phillips. You can count on uh, us. In the middle, there's a piano solo that was originally played like this. What? These are tricks. Because George Harrison, I think, on the, on the piano, they didn't think he was good enough. And a lot of people have tried to play this solo, and it's so fast, because what it sounds like is this. 
Pims and Citrico. Pims and Citrico. Pims and Citrico. That's witchcraft. All right. Now we have a song that my doctor talked to me a lot about for some reason. Wait. Okay, I'm going to start that over because that joke was so good. I don't think your doctor knows how strong you are, Rob. I told him. I actually did tell my doctor. I'm too big for that power look. I love this. This, this switch right here. Yeah, all yeah. the choruses on this album bang, don't they? Oh, yeah, Every chorus on this album bangs. Yep. And that's why it's so weird when you get to Revolver and you start starting with the choruses. And you're like, These all build, and you're just like, yes, a song that I'm used to. My animal yeah. brain likes it. Uh, <laughs> if I needed someone, this is a guitar sound they uh, kind of credited to the birds. Going back to my feet. Oh, uh, yeah, I can hear that. I can hear the birds. George basically called them up and just said, hey, I stole your song. And they're like, okay. Well, you're the Beatles. It's interesting, yeah. though, like in music, right? Like, you can kind of do that and attribute it, and people like it. or It's kind of like movies, right? With Quentin Tarantino, like, showing the whole scene from a different movie. Everybody's like, oh, that's good. And meanwhile, if I take a part from, like, a, maybe a Beatles podcast I listened to a couple days ago and make that exact <laughs> Quentin Tarantino thing that they said, uh, people would probably get mad at me if anyone heard this podcast beside my dad. <laughs> oh, man, I love that Spencer's gift joke about the bush. All right. And finally, we have... Put my secrets out there about the window ball or the mirror ball. Hey, hey, Rob, 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 hold this bush t-shirt. I got to go change. I got to go steal this Wilson Phillips album. <laughs> Thinking about my dad shoplifting is the funniest thing in the whole world. Because you know he'd be shoplifting something useful. Like, oh. Hey, hey! You see that corkscrew with Bart Simpson on the top of it? We gotta, we gotta steal that shit. No, he'd he'd steal like, oh, I need a, a three prong plug to a two prong plug adapter. Take this. Uh, it just hurts so bad when I know something's gonna get cut out in the edit. I have a lot. I, of, I, I mean, no, I'm gonna t- I have a lot of those, and I was gonna say if I if my if I'm burned alive tonight, you can probably blame some of my electrical adapters. So you guys, can, you know, play you do that thing where there's like funeral, yeah, there's like three of them, and then it goes <laughs> yeah. into like an eight plug outlet, and then four of those go into more eight plug outfits. That's and the fire department shows house. up, and you're like, I don't know what happened. You know, who knows? It could have been anybody, really. Oh, Rosie's house got burned by the fires, huh? <laughs> yeah. Wildfires. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Nope. This, this fire actually started at Rosie's house. It spread yeah, out to everyone to else. to destroy this podcast. <laughs> His go bag was full of electrical adapters. The go bag started on fire. Um, Run for your life. Now, Rosie sent me a text saying this is the song he wants played at his funeral. I... <laughs> and he wants his, his casket draped in his no needles anti-vax flag that he has how, did these guys, like, how, how did they escape like this should be at the top of every Beatles article like yeah they did a lot of great stuff but they also wrote Run For Your Life which like at worst is completely not believable and at, at I don't know it's it, at best is like a weird revenge fantasy it's just it's not not a good song this is why that greatest generation shit is bullshit they had yeah, songs man, like this. No doubt. Like, oh yeah, I love this song. It's so great, Russell. Yep. Aaron's right though. If you if you listen to it and don't pay attention to the lyrics, you could easily go about your day washing your dishes, walking around with a little pep in your step, and then it's like, holy shit, this is really dark. Like yeah. if you end up with another guy, I want you to be to be dead. And but this is what I was talking about earlier. You never really link the Beatles with this type of stuff, right? I don't think I don't as a mainstream music fan who I I've never really dove into this music before. 
I never really associated with them with this type of music, but this is some dark ass shit. It's diseased, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty weird. Final rating. Let's let's move on. We've listened to the whole album, and literally, we have spent. Let's see. We've been here an hour and a half. We could have listened to this album three times in the time it took to record this podcast. But uh, thank God we didn't. The rating system, rating system, rating system for Beck Did It Better is, is this album rolling well-toned on this list? It's exactly where it should be. Uh, did it get rolling boned? It's too low on the list. It should be higher up. This should be above five. Is it a rolling groan? Ugh, too high on the list. It should be lower. What do you think, Matt? Uh, I'm going to go with rolling boned. That means that uh, it didn't get rated as high as it should, right? Is that what it is? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I know. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> rolling boned. I mean, the only thing is I like this album better than um, Revolver. And so I just think that it should be rated higher than Revolver. Um, but you know, in the end, all of these albums are top 10 albums. So are we splitting hairs between four five, six, you know, things like that. So I, my, I'm going to go with hashtag rolling boned. All right. So send Aaron a, or send Matt a Twitter, any kind of gift, just type rolling boned into the gift search thing and send him whatever <laughs> gift comes up. He'll love it. Uh, Russ, what do you think? Rolling well toned, rolling boned or rolling grown? Yeah, hold hold on by Wilson Phillips. I think it's definitely rolling rolling well toned. It, it it should definitely be on the, probably the fourth or fifth podcast we would cover at this point in the greatest songs or greatest albums ever. I was oh, gonna no, say oh. rolling hold on. Rolling hold on. <laughs> no, I, I I would echo what Matt says. I'm really torn. To me, the choruses of these songs are jams, and every one of them is fun to sing along with. And I enjoy this album more than revolver just like matt said but the album is really dark and if you listen to the lyrics it it doesn't hold up in from my perspective and i i love listening to it i think it definitely deserves to be a top 10 album so i'm going to say rolling toned uh aaron what do you think rolling well toned rolling boned or rolling grown i as we discussed at the top i've always had a spot in my heart for this album i know it really well but uh as i've Expanded my mind to other music. Uh, I don't think this is the best album released in 1965. I think that title belongs to Otis Blue by Otis Redding, which includes such great songs as Respect, uh, Change is Going to Come, and I've Been Loving You Too Long. So if it's not even the best song in the year it was released, best album in the year it was released, it cannot be this high on the list. But I'm going to steal a page out of Rob's book and say, because it's their weed album, it's going to be a rolling stoned groan. I get it. I get it. Yep. I get it. See how it feels when nobody laughs. That's <laughs> hurtful. Aaron, I, I appreciate you mentioning kind of where this is, but you, you gave no credit to Bob Newhart and the Daryls and the Harry Balls. <laughs> like, like, why do you just skip over that portion of 1965? I only, that's the thing. I only picked one album from 1965 that to me is better than this album. Which, and there may be others like the Bob Newhart album, which won a great hey, hey, Bob Newhart, why don't you go sit in the corner and take some advice on us and making great albums? <laughs> Slobberbone. I don't know where to do, how to use that joke, but I wanted to say it again. I don't know. My brain was like, think of a joke. And I was like, no, just say slobberbone. That's a good joke. Uh, can you, do you like how my brain talks just like how I do? Like, no, don't, don't bother. Uh, all right. I'm going to give this a rating of it is rolling grown, G R O W N, because this is Ooh. when our lads from Liverpool, you know, they started off as these little boys that we just love so much. And now they're turning into men. 
but they're being naughty and they need to be spanked. You shouldn't do mm. drugs and don't steal stuff from Spencer Gifts. Okay? <laughs> if you had to spank a beetle, which beetle would you choose to spank? I would spank, I think John Lennon. He seems like he needs a spanking, doesn't he? Matt, who would you spank on the Beatles? <laughs> Why did all the other Zoom screens go blank? Hello? I'm not cutting this. Who would you spank on the Beatles? Someday. Somebody is going to want to make you want to turn around and say goodbye. Yes, yes. <laughs> Till that day, Rob, I am not commenting on who I would spank. You know, things will change, things will go your way. If you hold on for one more day, can you hold on for one more day? Things will go your way. You coward. Rob, <laughs> Rob, you immediately splice in this Wilson Phillips song right now and end the podcast. I'm with Rob. Just do I'll it thank now. John for writing Run for Your All Life. Right, thank you. I will say, I tried to tell my son a bedtime story tonight about four lads from Liverpool, and that's as far as I got. And he was like, no, Dad, tell me a story about Bluey or something else. Like, it yeah. just wasn't working. You know, you could still spank a beetle if you meet Paul. I mean, it's possible. You could, it's true. You could, yeah. You'd probably get taken down by his security detail. Yeah. Finally, my Beck did a better shirt that says, I want to spank a beetle on the back. I think it's going to really... <laughs> Now, somebody That's did insane. steal a bunch from my apartment. Was, which do we have a merch of. store? We need a merch store. Yeah, Spencer's. We're sponsored by this idiot. <laughs> when, when people meet Paul McCartney, obviously he's this music legend, but does he ever go out to like a bar with his buddies and he turns out to like suck at darts? He sucks at pool. He sucks at everything else. And people are like, why did we even invite this guy? I don't give a shit if he sang these crazy songs. Like he's got to be, he's got to be terrible at other things, right? I, I think he's good at everything. Yeah, I think Paul McCartney would come in and whip your ass in darts and then whip your ass in pool. <laughs> and then he would take your bumble, delete your account, and then everybody would start messaging him. Paul has been touched by Jenny. And you're like, oh, damn. <laughs> uh, and next week, come on by. We are doing, ooh, Marvin Gaye, what's going on? The first album where it says, hey, you don't need to do drugs. You could just be a really good singer and songwriter and see how that works out for you. <laughs> uh, and that is it for Beck Did It Better. When you want to hear about the greatest albums of all time, but you're just too lazy to look it up online. If you want to hear from guys who chat and then they get off track. Is this Wilson or is this Phillips? I've got the perfect <laughs> podcast for you, Jack. Beck did it better. Hey, was that Wilson or Phillips? <laughs> All right, this is Andy calling with the Little Rosie recap. So in this episode, let's go let's start from the top here. The Aaron anecdote of the episode. He mentioned that he went through a linen phase back in the day. He went through a huge linen phase. He even wore... Uh, some of those little purple, tiny, hippie sunglasses that John Lennon used to wear, uh, proving once again that Aaron was good-looking enough in high school to get away with shit like that. Uh, when Russell asked if Beck did it better, actually Radiohead did it better. They featured an electric sitar on a track called Electioneering off of OK Computer. I know you guys will get to that album because I believe it is on the list, but uh, another great reason for Russ to dive into uh, his beloved Radiohead catalog. Uh, Rob, uh, love the uh, They Might Be Giants references. Would highly recommend uh, the children's movie Coraline, in which John Linnell from They Might Be Giants plays a just a 30-second little song that's an absolute banger.
wins the doctor roundtable with two princes by spin doctors excellent poll on that one couple of Beatles notes she says she said off of Revolver uh don't quote me on this I haven't done the research yet but I'm pretty sure it's the greatest song of all time uh about trying to get laid and going on a bad acid trip instead Tomorrow Never Knows wanted to mention on that one of my favorite songs Extremely My Shit uh Ringo's drums on that absolutely knock uh however they were looped and played backwards proving once again that Ringo kind of sucks uh, Tomorrow Never Knows, also responsible for one of the best musical sequences in the show, Mad Men. The other uh, nominee for that would be, I guess I just wasn't made for these times, off of Pet Sounds, and Roger Sterling goes on an acid trip himself. Uh, and finally, Rob's Dewey Cox, uh, or excuse me, Rob's Beatles voice, reminiscent of the Beatles parody in Dewey Cox. Love it. You know, there's a lot of Beatles episodes coming up, which is kind of unfortunate, but looking forward to hearing that once again. Uh, thanks, dudes. Uh, I'll call back next week, maybe even uh, telling my uh, my dating app war story uh, that I can compare with Russell. Thanks, dudes. See you next week.